Welcome to the Culture Encounters Podcast. I am your host, Chad Ombi, and here we are with another episode of Road Trip. That's right, another episode of Road Trip. I've had so much fun doing this series for you all, uh, and I'm really excited about this episode uh, because we're going to talk about uh, one of the, in my opinion, coolest states and also probably one of the most interesting. Uh, we're going to talk about California uh, and we're going to talk about it with my uh, best friend, uh, who I have known for, gosh, I think it's been like 13 years now. It's crazy. Uh, so we're going to talk with Kat Tickner. Uh, you know, again, we've known each other for about 13 years now. So I'm excited to hear their perspective uh, on, you know, uh, living in California. So before we get started, a couple of facts about California. Uh, to get us started, we, um, according to the interwebs, it became the 31st state in the Union in uh, 1850. Uh, the state bird is the California quail. The state animal is the California grizzly. The state dance, that's right, they have a state dance, which is uh, West Coast swing dancing. Not sure how that's different than any other form of swing dancing. Uh, it's nicknamed the Golden State, and apparently the state motto is Eureka. Uh, I, a lot of, some of that I knew, a lot of that I didn't. So hopefully you learned something. Uh, but all right, now I'm going to go ahead and bring in Kat Tigner. Kat, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Chad? I'm good. Thank you for being here. Thanks for doing this. Thank you for uh, having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, always a pleasure. So, uh, first let's talk a little bit about your experience, um, living in California. So uh, your jobs over the years have kind of created a unique experience for you. You know, you've managed to travel um, and live in quite a few places. Um, so what brought you to California? Um, when did you move there? And ultimately, what has your experience been like there? Mm -hmm. So I think California is probably a unique place that I've lived in which like I chose to live here before coming, I didn't follow a job. I right. specifically was just like, I'm going to live in California. And the reason for that is actually my two best friends from high school had moved out here about a year or so before I had. And uh, I missed them and they said, well, come live with us. So I did. And I just moved out here. Um, I found a job in the industry that I was working in at the time, which was uh, property management for residential apartment leasing. Um, and that was like four years ago now. Um, I don't work in that industry anymore. I don't live with those roommates anymore, but like California is my home. Um, uh, just a little fun fact to, to start us off. I used to always think that like I would move to a different city or state every five years and Los Angeles is my home. Like I'm in the place that I'm going to spend the rest of my days. That's amazing. And I I love that for you. And in general, uh, I do remember having that conversation a while back. You're like, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna go from place to place and kind of, you know, it kind of fit your personality, I think, to be like, yeah, no, I'm gonna go where the wind takes me. Uh, and, and I respect that. But also being able to find a place to call home uh, is also incredible. Uh, so you live uh, just outside of LA. Is that correct? 
I mean, I'm still in LA County. Uh, nobody okay. really lives in the city of LA unless you are crazy or rich. So right, I live in right. Oaks, which is in the Valley. Okay, cool. Uh, so, uh, I did a couple years ago, right before the pandemic, I got to go visit Kat in LA. Uh, I had a blast. I had an absolute field day. Uh, you know, the, the, the nerd in me that loves, uh, all of the like history of cinema and all of that had an absolute blast, uh, <laughs> going to LA and, and seeing all of the, that, the culture of the film industry there was, was super cool for me. Um, and also visiting Kat was amazing. Uh, so LA has a reputation um, for being relatively diverse, uh, whether that be ethnically, uh, socioeconomically, um, uh, um, gender identity-wise, LBGT-wise. Um, so talk a little bit about your experience with any sort of um, diversity that you've noticed in LA. Is is that a, a well uh, earned reputation that it's kind of like a, you know, it, you get the, you hear about it kind of almost being like a, a I don't want to use the word safe haven, but like a, a place where it, it's going to be okay to be more ethnically or culturally or um, identity wise uh, diverse there than other places necessarily. Is that something you've noticed? That is something that I think that I would agree with. Um, for people, I know that this is coming out in two forms for people who are doing the listening only version. For context, I am white. Uh, so I can't fully speak to this. Um, but this is just an observation from having been here now for about four years is it, it seems like it's going to be a better place to be a person of color than a lot of other areas in the country. There are, of course, a lot of downsides to being here. Our police force is completely wrecked. Uh, and corrupt, but there are a lot of places in which people have made community. And like a lot of these communities are really old too. Like um, one of my favorite places to go and hang out is Sawtell. And Sawtell has a lot of Japanese culture there. We went to a restaurant, my partner and I went to a restaurant at one point that had been there since the 1950s. And it was the same restaurant. Uh, and it just kind of built like a little uh, section of that culture out from there. Um, and you'll find there are places all over LA that kind of give you these pockets of where cultures that you don't see like in rural America have been established. Uh, for example, last night I went to K-Town and in K-Town, basically the only things that are going to be in English are the street signs that are put up by the city. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's in K-Town's a part of, of the city of LA? Yes. For context, K-Town is Koreatown. Oh, right. Makes sense. Okay. So that's, I'm glad that, so what, um, how important do you think it is, uh, for, you know, uh, different cultures to kind of have these, these spaces in these communities, you know, cause we, there is a, a pressure just from people that I've spoken to, um, in other areas, there's somewhat of a pressure to assimilate. Uh, from people in other countries, other cultures. Um, uh, and it sounds to me like um, it's less about assimilation and more about like more about a communal experience as opposed to that. So talk a little bit about that. Um, how important um, is it, you think, to... I guess what I'm asking is, uh, it sounds like it is 
um, less homogenous there uh, than it would be in maybe another state um, as far as just allowing cultures to not only be accepted, but also to be accepted for being authentic as opposed to just assimilating into American culture, which I think is kind Mm -hmm. of a misnomer anyway. Like I don't really think American culture exists. I think that it is, you know, I think that it it's uh, a amalgamation of stuff, but uh, so would you, have you noticed less assimilation and more just like appreciation of these cultures? Mm-hmm. I mean, from my perspective, it feels like more celebration and like a- right. appreciation for what other cultures can bring, because I, I do agree with you. Like we don't have an American culture. Um, I think maybe pockets of, America might have their own specific individual cultures, but like, no. <laughs> um, uh, right, right. And that that kind of ties into the next thing too, which uh, a thing that's always fascinated me is the uh, the regional identity of different places or different regions. And I know California has to have one, but even within California, uh, I'm sure there are different, based on where you are, uh, different identities as far as the uh, regional part of it. So. Uh, when you when you think about LA or I guess Southern California, what is what would you what are some characteristics of, of California? Um, you know, including diversity, but also beyond that, um, in in you know interactions with people, uh, in different things. What what are some uh, things you've noticed about California that make it unique uh, compared to say um, Massachusetts or Texas or North Carolina or Virginia? Oh, this feels like a loaded question because like I live in LA, so it's LA is its own microcosm. Like it's, it is entirely its own thing. And then LA has its own pockets. uh, I lived in Glendale and Glendale is suburbia, which is its own entirely different microcosm. It's also another pocket of culture uh, in which there's a lot of Catholicism there and a lot of our Armenia immigrants or Armenian families as well, uh, which is specifically different than little Armenia, which is the Jewish population of Armenian immigrants. So it's, it's definitely got like all of these different unique characteristics. Like I live in the Valley now and like the Valley is also suburbia. It's a lot slower paced, um, a lot more families out this way. What about, so one of the cool things about a lot of these, uh, you know, this podcast is to talk about um, different things in, in LA or in, in different States or different cities that um, pay homage to, or pay reference to the uh, indigenous cultures and populations that settled there. Uh, So what do you know about the indigenous populations of California and Kind of um, what influence, if any, do you still see there today? I don't know much, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. I think that is something that is not really embraced, uh, especially with people like myself who are transplants to L.A. Like we don't learn the history of here. Um, I will just say really quickly land back is something that should be uh, embraced and celebrated like indigenous peoples uh, have were broken so much by what our country did to them. Um, But as far as 
the specific impact in LA, I am not super familiar. Um, the one real shout out that I can say is that I recently went to a concert by a local artist. Shout out to Rum Lunch on Instagram. That's Rum Lunch. Uh, and they specifically referenced the indigenous peoples who were native to the areas that we live in, in Sherman Oaks. Oh, wow. And that's pre, we're talking pre-Mexican um, occupation, pre-American occupation. Yes, which actually I do know a little bit about the Mexican occupation because there, there was a lot of missionary work uh, that came through um, in Santa Barbara. You can actually go to like the oldest missionary on the West Coast. Oh, wow. And it's it's a beautiful missionary, but it's also it's so soaked in uh, this like divine imperialism. Right. Very good, good choice of words there with divine imperialism. Cause like, you know, for all the good that, you know, people of, of, you know, any, any religion or any, any background can do, um, you know, we have to acknowledge the colonialism or imperialism that was so rooted in what happened back then, you know, and unfortunately, um, I say back then, like it was forever ago, like, you know, so many different cultures and countries are, were imperialized or colonized to, you know, within the last 50 years. So, uh, but, uh, even it, what's interesting there is, uh, what I found interesting and maybe you can shed some light on this is there, you know, we, we, you know, you had these indigenous populations and then you had, you know, people, other people from the Americas take over, but it sounds like there's still so many Latin names, like of towns and everything like Santa Monica and Los Angeles and, um, you know, all of these different Latin influenced names. Why do you think we, uh, like we being in the United States chose to keep those? Oh, whoa. That is a big question. That is a very big <laughs> question. Yeah. But like, um, I mean, that's just so weird to me like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, so it's like there's so many different layers of imperialism there. So not only are of, of it's almost like the rubble of imperialism is continuing to bury because, mm-hmm. you, you know, you've got two different, not just one, but two different cultures and nations that have basically, you know, put their own stamp and put their own seal of approval on, you know, on this on this land, you know, because you've got like you know, like Santa Monica and all of these things, but you've also got other names like Malibu and, mm-hmm. uh, um, I don't know, Glendale, Burbank. Uh, so it's just interesting to me. Yeah. And I think that, um, something that I would like to bring up with this is like the layers of imperialism that have been colonialism that have gone into this, because like, we're talking about Los Angeles, like, Latin names being an influence here, but I cannot recall off the top of my head, anything that is named after indigenous uh, landmarks that were here before. Whereas like I, on the East coast that did happen more regularly. Like I would work regularly in a town called Mashpee, which was a bastardization of the actual name that they, the indigenous peoples called that part of the the Cape Cod area. Right, right. And and I think that it's it's interesting too, because it's small at least on the East Coast, it 
it swings like yes they'll use these names but like it, it swings so far in the direction of appropriation and 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 things mm-hmm. of that nature like with sports teams for example you know using you know utilizing uh our indigenous friends as as uh, a mascot so that's also not good um so in uh in having conversations with people in LA or in California in general, at any other parts you visited, um, what is a, a conversation with somebody um, say to make friends in LA or make friends in California? How is that different? Like those just like everyday social interactions, how is that the same or different than it would be in say Virginia? Mm. This one is a little tougher for me to answer because I feel like, everybody, including like, like the way that we interact and make friends has changed since the pandemic. That's true. Um, Yeah. And in addition to that, I've changed significantly since the pandemic, whereas before I was a heavy drinker and now I don't drink at all. So like before the pandemic, I would make friends at bars and now I don't do that. I have a very close knit circle and I really Mm -hmm. only make friends through work. Um, So the, I hope we edit all my uh, uh, out. Um, <laughs> no, nope. yeah, we're gonna edit that out. But the part where you say blah, 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 we're gonna keep that in. Um, <laughs> uh, so, and on that, I like, for example, I've I've met your partner, uh, great dude, very 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 laid back. Like just having conversations with him, incredibly chill individual. Uh, is that the norm? of people you've interacted with is that like west coast gonna gonna kind of chill thing kind of like part of that because he's he's a transplant too right he is um but he's a long-standing transplant he moved here right after college he's been here for almost a decade now um so he he definitely he dove like head first into being everything that an angelino is like I'm calling him an Angelino, but I don't even know if he actually gets that title yet, but he really <laughs> does.